Y'all, welcome. We got a late night episode of the mixed table for you tonight. We're sitting down with Milla Bucks, Jamila Gray, Tyrone. How are you feeling on this fine evening? Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, I yeah. think I'm sitting here with Milla Bucks. Yeah. Okay. In other words, we on the come up. Yes, but uh-huh. not talking about movies, but nope, nope. man, we getting groovy. Okay. But I'ma show you how we do it at this to be. Damn, uh-huh. I'm at this table. Uh-huh. in like the cable. Uh-huh. Me and all my dudes, we uh-huh. making up a stable. Okay. We uh-huh. looking like a team. Yeah. We coming for them rings. Okay. You know we looking nice. We all dressed too clean. Uh-huh. You know just uh-huh. what uh-huh. I mean, like a fiend spitting dope. Yeah. They say I'm too clean, like I'm spitting out the soap. Uh-huh. I put it on the rope. They need an awesome hope. Now go and tell these folks. That I am not a joke. Let's go. Okay, I guess I'll take it now. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm, okay. I'm driving around the town. Yes, uh-huh. sir. Mm, in the car. Ooh. I'm going really hard. Let's go. At the table with Miller. You know we're going and we're going off. Yeah. 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 R.I.P. the takeoff. R.I.P. Mm, that's sad. You know I had to take off. Hey. Mm, spend mm. some time with your family if you get the chance. Yeah. Uh, mm, I got on some baggy pants. Ooh. On my feet. On my legs. Working up uh-huh. yeah. to the waist, you know I had to get the bus. Let's go. Going in, you know I had to go and get it. Go. Had to go, had to pass it, Jamila. Let's get it. Uh, mm. Had to get it. Yeah. No, I had to go and get it. Yeah. I'ma spit it. Hey. No, I'm finna go and spit it. Spit yeah. it. Got some wheels, yeah, nigga. I'ma fucking spin it. Spin them in my whip. Yeah, I'm skirting through the fucking rim. Ah. Ooh, what's a rim? What huh. is it? Look, I don't know. Ooh. Hey. Fuck your bitch. Whoa, uh, whoa. Fuck your hoe. Damn, hey. With my mama, chilling in the fucking home. Hey, hey. Make sure you say bye to your family before they go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> How is it going, ladies and gentlemen? How is it going? My name is Tyrone McClendon. Welcome to another episode of The Mixed Table. Of course, across from me, I have... My co-host, my producer, my DJ, my best friend, Mr. Young Seppi himself. Hello, hello, hello to all the beautiful people out there. Thank you once again for joining us here on the mix table. As you know, we got a good one here for you tonight. And as you can see right here in the, the, the guest seat here today, we, it's an honor. We got our first movie star guest here today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Some of you may know her by her musical escapades. Some of you know her by spinning the ones and twos at your favorite uh, dancery establishment, if you will. Or some of you have seen her in the most recently uh, Paramount Plus exclusive on the come up. We have with us the star, Miss Bree herself of the story, Miss Milla Bucks, Jamila Gray. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for coming by. All right. All right. Jamila, thank you so much for coming by. This is this has a double meaning for me because this isn't our first podcast interview conversation. Now a lot of you remember way, way back in the day I used to do another podcast thing. Now I do this. But I was at one point I was gonna bring it back and I was like, dang, I gotta have like a whole different caliber of guests. You know, I wanna do something different. And then, you know, Jamila was one of the first 
couple people who I reached out to. So I came over, did the whole thing, and then it just never came out. But here we are today. The, the story still continues. Your story has grown since the last time we've spoke. And I'm glad now I finally get to put the official story out and then build upon that. So thank you so much for coming by. Of course. Uh, well, I know I have introduced you and given you the floor and everything, but for the people at home, tell them who you are and what it is that you do. Well, my name is Jamila Gray, a.k.a. Mila Bucks. I am a working actress and also a DJ. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, that, that freestyle took a lot out of me. I'm not going to lie. As you can <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I'm still sweating. It, perspirating. It was so hot. But it gets the it gets the... It gets the early jitters out, I guess, because then I can just sort of like flow into. I can't say anything more embarrassing, I guess. If I feel like I did, it's like you know, it's whatever. But Jamila, it's been you've you've had a very interesting last couple of months, to say the least. Uh, you've you've had a, you've been in a movie that's been in theaters. I mean, just initial. How does that feel? How is that? Uh, it's it's very surreal. I think that sometimes when something amazing is happening to you you don't realize the magnitude of what it is because you're focused on the work so your head is down um but when you look up and you realize wow this actually happened is kind of crazy and I definitely had a breakdown moment where I was like whoa this is amazing so yeah yeah I was just like at which point because I mean there was I mean, I'm pretty sure you've gotten this from everybody you've spoken to that this is even surreal for us around you because, you know, to know somebody, to see them on a billboard, to see them like on the big screen, to see them on ads and stuff like that. It's just uh, like, do you ever get like almost kind of like a secondhand surrealism just from everybody around you trying to make sense of everything? For sure. For sure. I think that everybody... It's it's cool to be a part of a community where everybody is working towards something and, and for them to look at me and be like, wow, like you did it. Like it's, it's really cool. And I, I just know that like when something happens for one person in a community around a bunch of other people that like have similar goals, then that wave is coming to hit everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely I I have definitely like seen kind of. You never realize how many people you touch until you do certain things. And then it's just been really cool to just see all the people come out for you to just kind of, like you said, this whole community, this whole scene, so to speak, just sort of all champion somebody at the same time. It's just it's just a good feeling. I just love when these type of moments happen because, you know, the rising tide lifts everybody. So like you say, a win for you is a win for everybody. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Jamila, like I said, the last time we spoke, I got to hear your story, but I didn't get to publish it. So now, here we are again, second go-round, the rewind of the tape. Did we ever do the math on it, what, two years later? Like a re- year and a yeah, half? Okay. Yeah. I want to say, I feel like that's a fair assessment. Yeah. A year and a half of growth that we've seen since then. But let's just take it all the way back from the beginning. Ohio. Yep. To Atlanta. Yep. Talk about it. Um, so I lived in Ohio until I was like seven and I moved here to Clayton County. It's not Atlanta, as I'm already <laughs> right, right, she would say. Yeah. She would be mad. I'm so, sorry, Mom. You know. <laughs> Clayton County. Um, I moved to the Ellenwood area, lived there for 
probably like two, three years, and then I moved um, to the Jonesboro area, went to school. Um, I was like in chorus and, you know, doing like performances and stuff like that since I was young at every school I went to. And then eventually my course teacher in middle school recommended me um, for this county musical that our whole county would do every year mm-hmm. with like all the grade levels from like elementary school to high school. Um, so I did the musical. It was Beauty and the Beast. I played the baker, which, you know. <laughs> I, have, I have baguettes in yeah, my notes. Bag- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was my only line. It was like baguettes. And that was it. But I had the time of my life, and the opportunity came around for me to go to a performing arts school after I left middle school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, heck yeah, because I did not want to go to Monday's Mill. (laughs) I did not want to go to Monday's Mill. So I was like, yes, I'm going to this performing arts school. Um, And initially, I was going to be a course major, but I changed it and decided to do theater and minor in chorus Mm -hmm. so I just started doing you know a bunch of plays musicals I had the time of my life in high school it was really fun um and then for our senior portfolio I uh we had to in theater our final was to basically create a play um but I decided to make a film and that's kind of where I started like writing and deciding and decided that I wanted to be in films and um so let me let me interject here for a second so i want to talk because you 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 said a lot you know you got introduced to the the arts what was that middle school high schoolish time um but you also come from a somewhat creative family yes yeah yeah speak to how that has kind of you know influenced you and led you down your path well um my dad especially my dad's side is they're all really creative my granddad is a really good painter and he also sings and my dad makes music um so I kind of been in the studio since I was like five (laughs) putting background vocals on my dad's songs Mm -hmm. and um and little speeches before he starts his songs little skits and stuff like that so I I definitely think that um you know it was it was destined it was definitely destined so were you in school, I mean, you said you were involved with like all the performing arts type stuff in other classes when you had to do group projects, were you, were you like a public speaker or were you still shy even though you liked performing? Um, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Cause, uh, even before I started performing out in uh, middle school, I was like a public speaker. So like all of the, um, gatherings or whatever we had i would go to the front and be the the kid that would give the speeches and stuff like that um but i've always been kind of shy it's just you know you know when you get into it you get into it yeah so what do you think were some of the first early things that helped you break out of that shell definitely being in theater because you cannot be afraid to be weird in theater and it's impossible to be the weirdest person in the room yeah the- you can do anything you're probably not the weirdest person in there exactly and you have to be loud i mean getting on stage you have to reach the people in the back so it really taught me to just be big and expressive and use my voice which is another reason why i love theater mm. you mentioned that you started writing your own short stories or did you mention that yeah. if you didn't I'm bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I did. 
that you used to write short stories. How did so what what was the inspiration around that? What made you want to graduate from being like, okay, I'm I'm in the stories, but now I want to make my own. Um definitely uh my project in high school, uh writing a film, it wasn't great. Like I mean, nobody's first film is good, but it was just fun to do and it was another way to express my creativity it was a good outlet and after I finished that film I eventually started writing a feature film that I still have but I've always like writing is one of those things that I've always done like since I was little like I have little storybooks and stuff like that that I wrote when I was like five I still keep them with me to look back and be like this is funny mm, <laughs> is there one that sticks out in your head of all the time like just um yeah I wrote this story about these people getting stranded on this island when I was five and then basically like the water was alive the ocean water and it would like come and haunt them at night it was yeah sounds like you made lost like (laughs) before (laughs) lost times too what I like looking back on like old stuff I've got some old just like creative writing assignments that my parents hung on to and I like going back and looking at them uh because we were talking the other day like good dialogue writers good like voice actors are able to like pull themselves out of the like they can literally write from another perspective that isn't theirs and it's really interesting though going back and looking at your early stuff it's just like it's so concentrated you it's like a it's you with all the sliders turned to 100 like yeah the other day i was thinking about uh when we were in high school we had an assignment we had to write poetry which so funny how life has played out because at the time i did not want to do that assignment i was like i hate poetry um but i remember going back and looking at it and i was like damn i am still this person because literally the whole the whole thing i just all my poems are about how much i just didn't want to write poetry i had to do a poetry book in eighth grade and like 75 percent of them were the same thing yeah i was just such a little shit and like it And it's just, it's undiluted. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, but I can see, I was like, I see how this kid turns into, into who I am today. Yeah, because that's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I love it though. (laughs) So talk to me about, yo, so you're doing theater in, in high school and stuff like that. You're writing your own things. What is, at, at this point in your life in high school, what are you thinking you're going, are you thinking you're going to be an entertainer, actress? Like, where, where, where's your mind at? Um, I think, no, be, at the time I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go to school for journalism or something because when you don't see anybody around you that's actually doing it as a career, you don't really see it as a possibility. But uh, once I graduated, I did end up going to um, Georgia State for film or interdisciplinary studies or whatever the fuck that even is. It's all made up. Yeah. So I ended up going to school because um, I knew I just wanted to do something creative. And then I kept at acting. So I would do auditions and stuff in person. And um, yeah. So you basically just started the grind. Yeah, I was like, I ain't nothing else to do. And because once I dropped out of school, um, you know, when you drop out of school, you have to have a plan. <laughs> This guy here is a. a <laughs> yeah, I was I was in school for petroleum engineering, and but you know I've been playing music since I was three, and at at like graduation I was just too scared at the time to like really pursue music, so I was like I'm gonna go to do school, you know, 
and like it. I dropped out. I was like tutoring math and working at a bong shop. And my parents at the time had, uh, they're still my parents, but my parents, uh, at the time, my parents had just moved to Portugal. And I was like, they're like, do you want to come? And I was like, well, there's nothing I'm doing here that I can't do there. And I don't really have anything else to do. Like, let's go, let's go figure it out. And I've spent the last three years just like making music and tutoring math and kind of, I mean, a lot of time inside with COVID, but mm. the opposite of a plan, just like yeah. going. That's cool. Mm. That's cool. So you mentioned you were, you, you're starting to grind. You're trying to, you know, you're you're making, well, I guess what I'm about to ask you is explain what is the grind? How does someone like do the work to become an actress or get in, or get their foot in the door today? Um, I think, let me start off by saying I feel like Atlanta is a great place to be right now. Yes. For this. Um. But I would say first you have to do your research, okay? Because when I started out, I didn't have a good headshot. Um, I didn't know half of what like on camera acting was because there's a difference between on camera acting and theater. Um, I didn't know anything about agents, um, none of that. But let me break it down step by step so I don't no, <laughs> just start yeah, rambling. Um, so first things first, you want to get a good solid headshot. Okay. And you want to do your research on what a good headshot looks like. Because you don't want to just have like a phone picture. Because once you send that to an agent or to anybody to audition you, they're not going to take you serious. Um, and if you don't have a resume, you want to start off doing a lot of student films. Which are easier to book because... Um, you work for free, basically. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of working for free before you end up getting paid. Um, but you can go to, I know certain colleges, you can just literally email the, the film department and send them your headshot. Yeah. And they'll bring you in if they need you. Like okay. They'll give your information to the students. Um, and then once you have enough footage of yourself acting, if you don't have experience acting, you should definitely take an acting class. You should like always be in an acting class just to sharpen the skill mm-hmm. um but once you have your footage you can compile that into a reel which a reel is what you send out to people so that they can see the work you've done before and know um just kind of decide whether they like you or not um and you also want to submit for agents mm-hmm. when i submitted to my agent i probably only had like two things on my reel and my headshot was like but sometimes you just get lucky. And what I did was I went on the um, the film uh, SAG Union website. Yeah. And I submitted to the list of agents that were on there because I just knew that those were, like, legitimate. Mm-hmm. And if we could circle back, I, you mentioned the acting classes. Yeah. What should people be looking for? Like, if somebody's advertising an acting class, what are the real people going to offer? And what's something, like, to try to avoid? Because I know there's a bunch of people out there just, yes. just taking your money. So, um, definitely check the ratings, but if you want to be a film actor, you should definitely take a scene study class and you should take an on-camera class. Um, you don't really want to stay in a class too long where, uh, everybody in the class is a beginner because you don't grow that way. The way you grow is to get around other people that are good. Um, but if you're just starting out, you can take a good beginner's class that teaches you about the business, 
But um, once you learn about the business, then you should move on and not stay in a class that continues to teach you about the business because that's stuff you can look up on your, on your own. You want to find a class that is really teaching you um, emotional access. Okay. So you say that, you know, it's easy to say concrete, but obviously the journey itself is much different. There's a lot of intangibles, so to speak. But yeah. one of the things I want to speak to on that, I know, is, you know, with being an actor, <clears throat> you know, you have to deal with auditions and things like that. Sometimes I understand those can sometimes be taxing, like emotionally, just to know, for one, having to bring yourself mentally or wherever you have to be for this role, but then also dealing with the possible rejection, you know? Um, yeah. So talk to me about what, what, what all is it take mentally to go through this journey and you know what's something people should expect well i think one of the biggest things i've learned thus far is that you're not in control of anything and you have to literally release all control because you can do your best in an audition and it takes years before you get even a call back and even um you kind of have to see it as like auditioning is the job the getting the role is the reward but auditioning is the job most actors audition for years before they get a role and a lot of actors don't even get auditions so auditioning is the blessing and it's literally the job wow i've never heard it put that way yeah and i guess that because we've been we watched the new purge movie and saw that it had it was like an 18 million dollar budget like damn we could get our hands on like 18 million dollars wasted yeah some (laughs) oh god but like somebody was willing to like shell out that kind of money to make the movie but i didn't think about it from this perspective that somebody is shelling out that amount of money to make the movie so they're going to be really selective on who they let touch that project Mm -hmm. huh yeah yeah cold world (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's tough Speaking of making movies, uh, you have also made your own short films. We've, we've, we've talked about you writing your own short films, but you actually making your own uh, sweet conversation. Yes. You know, throwback for those who remember. Throwback. <laughs> but talk to me about that. That was a short film that you starred in, you wrote, directed, like the whole nine. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that process, how it came about, all of it. So, um... Let's see, that was 2018. And I was basically listening to like a lot of old jazz music. And for some reason, I was just drawn to that era of the 1950s. Tough era for black people, but it's a beautiful era as well. You know, that's life. So um, I wanted to like kind of write about like my own, I guess, experiences that I had, I felt. Um, isolated in a sense and I wanted to somehow like portray that in a film Um, and so that's basically what the film was about is uh, this girl that is she eventually gets stuck in her own head and is unable to like interact with the people around her and it was a psychological thriller okay Um, that's cool but at the time uh, the process Thankfully, like, I had a lot of people around me that were willing to help. Like, uh, Jelani's grandparents, his house is where we shot it at. And we literally 
took the furniture out and brought new furniture in. And I had a friend named Anna who was um, a set designer in the film business. So she really helped me do everything because at the time I didn't really know um, exactly how to get started. So she really guided me step by step. Um, And then I worked at a film lighting company. So they allowed me to use lights from there for free and um, uh, props from there for free. So um, I had good people around me who were willing to help. And I think that sometimes with stuff like that, it can be tough because it can get really expensive. But if you just express your needs, a lot of a lot of the time people are willing to help you out for mm. free. Um, uh, when you're when you're working, because you said you wrote, like directed, you were in it. How do you know when an idea is done? Like, how do you know when you're like, we're done. Ooh. We're like, it's it is finished. <laughs> so listen, it's set in post production for like a year. It's set in post-production for like a year. And at a point, it's like, how long am I going to, you know, drag this out? This needs to be done. I got to put it out. And if I don't like something about this one, I can correct myself in the next one, if that makes sense. Because sometimes as an artist, if you get stuck on something, it it will never come out. And you have to accept it for what it is. And accept it for the things you can't change and just release it. Mm. The last project that I put out was one of those where, like, I'd gotten it. I was sitting on the songs for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they were too good to not put out. But I wasn't re- but I couldn't focus on anything else because I still just like, well, you go back, tweak something and go. And just, like, releasing the project, like, it releases yourself from the project, too. Mm-hmm. You can just, like just it's done <laughs> yes and and move on another would you said that you were being it like working with these companies they were able i've heard that a lot in whatever industry you're trying to get into go get a job in that industry and make yes. some connections and and that we've heard that advice for like if you're trying to book venues and stuff like go work at a venue go talk to the to the booking manager go talk to his friends or their friends and it's all about getting yes. that foot in the door it is yeah yeah and you'll never be surprised of like who other people know and how they may be able to, to help you or if they might have a similar goal mm, yeah i feel like that's still one of my biggest weaknesses right now is just vocalizing asking for help out in in this capacity because like you know I'm not afraid to go to the grocery store and ask, like, hey, where do I find the eggs? Because I know people are too proud to ask that. But when it comes to, like, Things projects, you actually want. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get it. It's really different when I ask people because I don't know. Because I guess I know I really want it. So to ask, I feel like I'm... Here, here's this yeah. thing I care very deeply about. Could you do me a favor and not like shit all over it? Yes. <laughs> That's such a. It's a scary. Like I'm the same way. Just. It, yeah. Did I you, mean, even even reaching out for guests on this show, like you hit somebody and you're like, "Hey, you want to be on the show?" And already you're like, "Okay, well, shit." Like, <laughs> I hope I phrased that like I didn't want to come off like this way or that way, and then like it falls apart and you have to send a second text to like follow up on some details. It just hurt. I was like, I know I'm bothering this person, but like, I'd really like you to be like, come on. Yeah. Life sometimes just be one big anxiety attack. Yeah. And the thing about it is, nobody is as like pressed about it as you are. That's <laughs> always the case. The, like, you're always the one 
doing the most <laughs> most situations and but, nobody nobody else cares like but that's just that's not how it is from from the perspective of you at the time but yeah that's just how it goes so now i want to pivot a little bit to a time where you started getting more into your musical side of things you know you know you said you were in chorus but mm-hmm. later on in life you start dibbling and dabbling into the music world a little bit first it starts with djing at least from mm-hmm. my perspective um how did you get into that uh it was one of those things that just kind of happened jelani had brought he had bought this tiny um switch dj board and i was just playing around with it and i started posting myself playing around with it on instagram and this dj i know named Jeannie, um she was like do you want to learn how to DJ? And I was like, I mean, shit, why not? (laughs) And then she was like, okay, do you want to DJ this party? And I was like, okay, I mean, why not? (laughs) And she literally pulled up to our apartment and she taught me how to DJ on her board and helped me prepare for the party. And then that's how my career started. So wow. that's another theme I'm hearing in a lot of a lot of our interviews is that like if you really want to be successful, start saying yes to things that you're not ready to do. And, <laughs> yeah. Like things and then that figure you, it out. Yeah, like because I and because I look at how I learn the best. Like when I'm really productive, it's when my back is up against a wall on a deadline, something. And so I try to I avoid putting myself in that situation with like my career, with my music stuff. I'm like I don't want to. And then I'm like, why aren't I doing anything? Yeah, some of my best papers I've ever written have been like after eleven fifty-five. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's that comfort zone. You got to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah, and that's—I mean—it's easier said than done. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the reception like? Not just from the people, but like you internally after that first show. What were your uh, thoughts on the whole thing? Was, I just—I enjoy it. I just thought it was really fun. It was something where I didn't have to like think as I did it I could literally just this is the shit I listen to do y'all want to hear it and I could pour some Hennessy not Hennessy (laughs) some Jack Daniels at the time with some coke and literally just play music just vibe yeah love it I love it so then after the DJing it then evolves to you actually putting vocals to tracks at that point so talk about that Okay, so I had started, I started making music a, a little out of high school, not consistently, but you know when it's around you, you got to at least try to make one song, because why not? Um, but I put out my first song in 2020, and it was like, okay, this, this song feels like the one where, I don't know, I, I just had fun on it, I, I hear a lot of progress in myself, and it's just enjoyable to listen to so i like it i think that for me i i don't really take the i don't really take mute i guess the music i'm making or um or even djing i don't take it too serious i just have fun with it and then i find that when i'm having fun with it i get the best result when i'm not trying to overthink about what i'm making Mm, mm. um so i guess what was i gonna ask God, I lost my train of thought. Gotta love it when that happens. I got one. (laughs) Um, So you said just like kind of being around music and you're like, well, you know, I got to jump in. I've talked to some of my other artist friends and and they talk about like they they tend not to date other artists 
because like it's just nice having somebody around that is like in a different universe and can pull you out and kind of balance you it seemed because it because i know some people get like they get competitive and it it seems that y'all feed off each other for one do you are, are you each other's escape from without getting into too much detail are you like the escape from just the grind from the like we gotta always be working or did that kind of do you fuel each other on on that that's a good question i think that we kind of fuel each other more so or we teach each other things if that makes sense so I can pull Jelani aside and we can watch a movie and I can be like, so what do you think about the acting? Okay, this is what I think about the acting and da 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 And I teach him about that. And then he does the same for me with music. Like, he taught me how to make beats and record myself and stuff like that. So I think it's more so um, we kind of like teach each other what we know in the different um, fields. Yeah. Videos. Videos, film shots, aesthetic. All type of stuff. To our listeners, but not watchers, Jelani's sitting on the couch next to us. <laughs> if, if you couldn't hear that, that's what was going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I mean, and the beautiful thing that I like about the whole thing is that, you know, I know you guys personally, and I've been to you guys' space. I've always kind of felt you guys have kept this consistent, creative vibe throughout you guys like when i first met you guys you were staying in this studio apartment and you know it just seemed like you know even though it was a small area it was a lot of it felt big if that makes sense you know there was a lot going on and then you guys moved to a space you guys had more literal space but there was also now like this more room to do and try different things um I know this is kind of working backwards, but I want to ask, like, when you guys made that move from that smaller space to the big space, did you feel like, okay, it's a different type of creative environment now or, you know? Yes. Yes, I did. It became, I think I became more, um, I guess, comfortable and it made me feel like I was a little bit more serious about what I was doing because in the older space, when I used to do auditions, you know, the our space was about the size of a bedroom, mm-hmm. our whole space. And so I used to have to tape a backdrop, like, over one half of the room, like, over the front door and shit. The neighbors would be, like, yelling every time I tried to do an audition. And I was like, this sucks. But now, in the space that we're in now, I get to have, you know, an actual setup that I can go to. And it, it feels like, you know, there's no excuse. Your desk is right there. This backdrop is up. Just get to work, you know? Yeah, that's what I love that you basically now, like, it was different when you guys were literally living in the studio, but now it's like your studio is right there. It's, there's no, it's not really much of a hassle. And I'm pretty sure yeah. you could speak to that as someone who also has, like, their studio in walking distance. But yes. I see it's, it's a gift and a curse because there's times where I'm like, I really just want to chill right now. And it's so I'll right be, there. yeah, I sit in the living room and I just hear it from down the hall. Like you should be, get to the desk. Like come, you bought a comfy chair. So you didn't have an excuse. Come get in the desk, get in the lab, do some work. And that's true too. And I cause that's kind of been the theme of this whole season as it's trying to strike a balance between like working and resting. Yeah. That's real. That is real. 
because that's I've been I've been forcing I've got like six demos right now done for I think it's going to be an album that I want to put out in the beginning of next year and I've been working on it for a while and I was just like I just kept writing the same song again and again and again I was like this is just uh, and it's been nice coming here and like I've had this project here to focus on where I'm like I don't feel bad about not working on something else because I'm still work so I guess I didn't really find a balance I just like I just I just shifted I just shifted focus but it's been helping at least like because I I don't know if you don't give yourself a chance to just like all my songs became about writing songs Mm. I was like this Mm -hmm. is the worst fucking yeah I had nothing to talk about you have to live to make art I've written so many songs about having writer's block and (laughs) (laughs) that's how it goes that's how it goes that's true so let's advance the story a little bit. So you're making the music, everything like that. And you're making, you're still, you're doing the auditions from home. You know, you have the setup, so it's an easy knockout and things like that. So at least for me, this is when the last time I spoke to you, this is where the story was. We were at this place, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing auditions. You're, you're just in ground. You're having fun. Then I turn around and you're in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> So talk to me about how, how does that even, how do you even get approached to this? How was the audition process? Just how, how did this even happen? Okay, so uh, my agent sent me uh, an audition. I probably, I've been auditioning since 2020 because that's when I got my agent. Um, a lot of times when you do auditions, you don't typically hear anything back unless you're like Zendaya or something. <laughs> so... Um, I was working a job. I think I was at the lighting company and um, my agent sent me the audition. It was like February of 2021. Did the audition. I really liked it. Some auditions you feel drawn to. Some of them you do it because ooh, it's a good opportunity. You don't want to miss out on an opportunity. Um, but I, I felt kind of drawn to this one. Um, six months went by. Didn't hear anything back from it. Um, and then we were on vacation in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, I think we were in South Carolina. And I got a call from my agent and he was like, hey, the director um, wants to read with you. The director is going to be Sanaa Lathan for the project on the come up. So just make sure you go over those lines from that audition. I'll resend them in the email and uh you're going to get on a call with the director in a couple days. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The audition from like, what? So, um, I basically got on the call with her. Well, I had to prepare the lines and I had to also prepare 16 bars, um, to rap because the role of course is she's a rapper. And so Jelani helped me write my verse. (laughs) I was about to say, you have like the ultimate cheat code. Jelani helped me write my verse because they wanted something more like the word they used was like hard, tough. So I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) The Hollywood version of that, I guess. All right. Hard. So Jelani helped me write it. Um, I got on the call with Sanaa. And she actually, we actually had a call. We had two calls. The first call was just so she could look at my setup. Um, And she helped me, like, 
set up my lighting virtually wow. and everything because yeah she they really like looked out for me um she helped me set up my lighting and everything um so that they could have the perfect kind of image to send to the producers and then when we got on the call the next day um i went ahead and did the audition she read with me um and then we had to uh it was like a really it was a really good audition like one of the scenes was really emotional and that's always kind of um something that would make me nervous but I was able to hit the beat I cried and I it was like a really good emotional scene and then we had to rap and I, I did my 16 bars and they were like okay great um thank you for getting on the call thank you and then about a month later um well about three weeks later the writer of the book because on the come up is based off of a novel by angie thomas and she followed me on instagram and i was like uh-oh uh-oh oh my god <laughs> and then a week later um i got a call from my agent saying uh you got the part and i was like ah. and boom wow that's i mean I know what that feels like sometimes to just, you know, set it and forget it. You apply to something, whatever, no care in the world. And then just like out of nowhere, you're like, oh, my God, like I've won, you know, yeah. something like that. Now, usually for most people, it's like something very minuscule, something like, oh, I forgot, like I applied for that coupon or something <laughs> like that. Speaking of, y'all got your Powerball tickets. Oh, we were just talking about that. Got to get on that. Hopefully, you could be a winner if you're watching this. You might be lucky. And if this episode doesn't come out, you know why. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you don't see this episode, you know why you didn't see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So, so you've got the part now. Like, now, so, have you ever, this is like a major motion picture production. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been around anything like that on that level at that point? No. Um, Well, I had done extra work when I graduated. So that is, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. But But that was the closest. Yeah, that was the closest I had been to it. Mm -hmm. So what was like, what was it like? Like, you know, from your your first day on set, you walk on and you have to like go talk to people and interact like, hey, I'm here. Let's make a movie. It's cool. It's really cool. (laughs) They definitely treat you like royalty <laughs> like wow. you you pull up well actually no a van pulls up to your house you get on the van hi Jamila they drive you to set um and then somebody opens the door for you <laughs> once you arrive to set hi I am your your uh, assistant and I'm gonna help you uh let me show you to your trailer they take you to your trailer then they come back uh, you're wardrobe is already like hanging up ready for you like for the day and a copy of um, the scenes that you're doing are on your desk and then they knock on your door uh what do you want for breakfast they write down what you want and then they walk away they come back they bring you breakfast you go to hair and makeup am i at work or on vacation it's it's so it's so fun (laughs) it is so fun wow i'm i'm happy you got to experience that for one um uh so was it just like I'm lost for words right now. Um, would you say like it describe what it was like? You know, going from being on set, doing especially like your own productions, to now seeing productions done on this level, like 
what did that do for you as far as like oh damn like i can step this up or i can do this a little differently like that oh it taught me the process for sure i think coming in there was just a lot to learn especially because um like like you said i had never been on a set of that magnitude so it, it really taught me okay this is how a set is run this is the order in which they shoot scenes and shots um even down to because i got to sit in on like a lot of the pre-production too mm-hmm. um so even down to seeing how coordinated and planned out everything was like um i got to sit in on a i, I believe a meeting about uh in the film there's a boxing ring yep and i watched them like design the different emblems that would be on the ground mm. in the boxing ring and i was like wow this is they really go into detail here with with everything wow and there's literally a department for everything that explains all those names at the end of the movies are there for a reason yeah you know yeah so was there a come down like you leave uh-huh, i see you, what you did there on the come up oh, and then the come down this Ooh. guy here everybody <laughs> you know you know all right i'll be here all week oh <laughs> but yeah so you go you're like you're living your dreams you got people waiting on you like you wake up the first day sh- like shooting is done you're at home yes. did you turn to jelani is like all right where's breakfast or <laughs> was i was like damn i gotta cook my own food <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, there there definitely is. I, well, when you're on set and you shooting every day, there kind of is no come down because you go home and then you read your lines and you study them and then you go to bed because you got to get on that uh, van at 4 a.m. Um, but so you didn't mention that the first time around. Oh yeah, it came up at 4 a.m. <laughs> you got it. Some days it's 2 p.m. Some days it's 6 a.m. Some days it's 4 a.m. You nice. got to be on that van. Um, so you're kind of just like in work mode but once the process is over and like filming is wrapped oh the come down is crazy it's so bittersweet it is so bittersweet i bet bet. how long between your last day on set and the first time you got to see like a cut of the movie like beginning to end Oh, oh i just i just got to see the cut of the movie in september like when it premiered. Wow! So, so you didn't even get to see it ahead <laughs> no, of time. No, I didn't. I didn't. Wow! That, I mean, I always hear the stories of like people, but like I literally had no idea this movie was gonna look like this until I saw it. But I didn't. Yeah. What like, is I that got to like? See, oh, oh God! Like I was, I my ten minute tape that I put out, I must have listened to fifty times. Like after after the last <laughs> mix was done, I was like, okay, yeah, it sounds good. Like that's so much faith in other people to not have you out here looking stupid like oh my god yeah i think that well watching it back from the for the first time it was like it was a high because it it was at the toronto film festival Mm. so i was like in a different country and like it was it was just the whole experience was crazy yeah but i think in the in the moment as an actor you're always judging yourself when you're watching yourself back but I couldn't be, I couldn't feel anything other than joy when I was watching it back because it was like, wow, look what we've done. You know, mm. look, is, look at what's happening here. This is a movie and it's actually finished and people are watching it. People are watching us. Like, I couldn't feel anything other than joy mm. in that moment. 
Now I want to speak to, and I've been watching a little bit of the press you've been doing uh, for the movie, and it seems like, you know, one of the big things that you've gained out of this is a, it seems like almost like a mentorship-like relationship with you and Rhapsody. So talk about to me about how that relationship came to be and how it blossomed and just like how you view her. I love Rhapsody. Um, so she was basically my rap coach for the film. So we started kind of working on the film about two months before we started filming. Um, and she would just, I would meet her at her hotel or we would go and get lunch or she would have me in a studio and we would just practice rapping so my delivery as Brie and my tone of voice and my breathing and um she also wrote all the battles so um we would record the battles she wrote and just plan them out and choreograph them as well and uh so that's kind of how we got to like form the relationship we were just around each other all the time and we had a lot in common um as far as like our birthdays are around the same time and wow. like our family dynamic is the same so like meeting her it already felt like somebody that I've already known so we became really good friends and we still are that's like my sister mentor person <laughs> yeah I love Rhapsody I've always wanted to know this about like making like eat the individual scenes that you were doing how much of those were 100% scripted and how much was it like here's basically what's going on in the scene and we want you to kind of feel out like what would you say if you were in the scene what would you say was there was there a hard script for every scene or were some of them a little loose yeah usually it depends on the director but with this one Sanaa was she was really anal about us sticking to the script so most of the scenes were, really all of the scenes in the movie, we stuck to the script. Okay. Mm. Now, uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask you was that, you know, in watching the movie, you know, it is a little surreal to see somebody you know on the movie screen. It, it's almost like a weird thing separating the person from the character. But an interesting thing about the character Brie here is that I do see a little bit of similarities uh, between you and Brie, whether it be uh, having a father who is a rapper whether it be just like being as connected to the music underground scene uh, as Bree's character is. But I want to ask you, what, what are some of the connections you felt like you had to the main character? And just how do you feel that your experience in music and arts and everything helped amplify your performance? Okay. Um, I think one of the connections that I had to Bree was just her hunger and desire to make things happen. Um, I think that I've been at low points as well where it's like, okay, I got to make something happen, but I have to stay true to myself in the process of doing that and not just settle for anything because I'm desperate for something to happen. Um, so that was how I, I kind of connected to her. Um, but then also being, you know, connected to music and, and that being an outlet for her to just truly express her vulnerability I found that it's been the same for me and and I found that it's been easier to like I guess grasp the music technique because again like I've been around it my whole life so yeah 
Love it. I just want to say I've always wanted to ask that question. So, you know, I always wanted to <laughs> interview an actor and be like, how are you in the character, you know? Similar. You know, what do you? What did you learn from that? You know, those type of deals. So that's what I've, I've like, the more I get older, I see, like, that's really all life is, is just people checking things off. They're like, <laughs> I think it would be cool, like... <laughs> The whole this whole show has led up to him just yeah. being able to ask that question. Yep, yeah. like, I'm done now. Yeah, everybody's yep. just kind of playing make believe with the shit that they wanted to do yeah. when they couldn't do it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and until it happens, until yeah. it happens, until it happens. But it has happened for you though, and this is only just the beginning though. So I guess now my question for you is like, I mean, obviously you want to do more movies, but like, what? What, what is next as far as like the elevation for you like how does it go bigger and better for you uh i know for sure um the next project that i work on i just want i want of course to be around more people that i can learn from um but i also want it to be gritty and like very real and emotional and raw and something that of course, not only like something that everyone can connect to emotionally. I don't know. That's the best way I can put it. That's, real tearjerker. Yeah, real tearjerker. <laughs> but I also want to step into like dark comedy mm. because I feel like there's that side of me and, and um, doing a dramatic role like that one where I had to be serious the whole time, even in scenes where I wanted to just be like, <laughs> you know, I realized that like comedy might be like a really good lane for me because I'm goofy all the time. I could see so. you in a Jordan Peele film or something. I like love that. Jordan Peele. As a kid, what was that comedy movie that like really connected with you that like your parents hated? What was Waterboy? <laughs> <laughs> My boy Bobby Boucher. Waterboy is so stupid. <laughs> I love that movie. Gotta love that OG Adam Sandler time period. <laughs> okay. Um, well, We've, we've kind of made it here to the end. Um, we're going to bookend things here. We started off with our nice little freestyle fun times. We're going to end it that way. But this time, we're going to add a little bit of a caveat to it. So with the help of you, judging from our conversation that we've had here today, I want you to pick out three words. They can be like actual words we've said, a theme, or a topic that we've talked about today. But give me three, and that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, persistence. Persistence. We're going to talk about Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. <laughs> and we're going to talk about um, high school. High school. So persistence, Bobby Boucher. High school. High school. M- m- Mama said. <laughs> 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 Okay, and what type of beat are we going to do this on? I'm just going to put up, like... Waterboy type beat. Yeah, I'm going to just, like... Waterboy ca- type beat. <laughs> Cajun type beat. Cajun type beat. Okay. Um... Oh. NBA young boy type <laughs> NBA beat. young boy type beat. Okay, yeah, because Waterboy is just a producer. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Waterboy type beat and... I don't. I, I, funny thing is, this whole show we've not done an NBA Young Boy type beat. <laughs> All right, let's let's. Young Boy. Zaytoven. Zaytoven. Okay. Uh, what do we got? Young Boy type beat. 
There's a lot of them. I'm sure. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Let's find one that's over three minutes long. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Thanks oh. a lot, Jelani. <laughs> okay, which one sounds better? Uh, on You okay. by Drum Dummy. <laughs> okay. Or On My Own by One Baby Plug with two Gs. One Baby Plug okay. with two Gs. Plug. Plug. Here we go. Let's see what we got. Baby plugs beat trail. All right. Well, let's let's hear the beat first before we go making per- those statements. Persistence, Bobby Boucher, high, high school. school. Persistence. You ready? Uh. Oh, okay. I want to hear the drop at least. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, please take it away. I've been persistent since I was in high school. Mm. Everybody missing, but I had all the tools. Mm. I was hitting them on the head uh. with these uh snitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feel like Bobby Boucher. Boucher. I got some water, yeah, water on me. And I'm sipping, it's cleaning me out. Uh-huh. And I don't give a fuck, cause I ain't finna doubt that I'm the fires in the game. You know what it is. Uh-huh. I ain't playing with you, this ain't the field. No. And we don't do football, no Bobby Boucher. We don't do football, no, no Bobby, Bobby Boucher. Boucher. Oh. <laughs> Hey, oh, it's my turn. Okay. Uh, had to go and let it burn. Call me Usher. Uh, uh, had to go and get the fucking high school. Get my degree. I'm real cool. Uh, uh, I had to try real hard. That's persistence. Yeah. Mm, I'm in the fucking table. I'm in the fucking mix with it. Yes, uh, oh, I had to go and use the fucking hit stick. Call me Bobby Boucher. I'm yeah. in the fucking mystic. I'm uh, fucking coming off the top. Super fucking flip stick, rip stick on the skateboard. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, hey. Oh, okay. Everybody just go run the distance, but I just keep it going so persistent. Okay. I just flip this like I did this. Turn the lights on because I'm so dim witted. Yep. Uh, but no, I'm kind of bright. I'm too fly like I've been on a kite. Okay. I'm on the site like I'm riding a bike. Okay. But I'm about to go and just give me a bite like yeah. I was eating lunch in high school. But back then they tried to turn me to a fool. Ooh. I never drool. I don't spit. I come in here, I give them real shit. Yes. I forgot the last word. word. Uh, persistence, Bobby Boucher in high school. Ah, uh, now let me get the other word. So let me come and just bring it around the curve. Yep. Ah, uh, I don't know what to say, but I go and hit the field like I'm Bobby Boucher. Ah, uh, but I just bring the noise and catch me on the corner like I was a water boy. Ah, uh, <laughs> hey, ah, uh, I don't know. I in the flow. They just know that this is how it goes on this show. Yes, sir. Yup. Yes, sir. Don't I have cowbell on here? <laughs> we like we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jamila, thank you so much for coming up here today. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me to have you up here. I, I guess the last thing for you is to let the people know where they can find you, where they can see on the come up and everything you've got coming up in the future. So you can follow me on Instagram at Millabucks and on Twitter at Bucks Milla and on TikTok at Millabucks. Um, go watch 
on the come up paramount plus it is out right now and they're doing a free trial so you better go get it okay joe you know what time it is we are here at the end of the show in the description of the video in the description of the podcast you're listening to you'll see a playlist and it's going to have every single beat that you heard tonight every single one most of those people had 200 subscribers or less they need your support you heard the shit that they just put out go listen to it go stream it go buy some music go tell your friends to buy some music your friends that make art your friends that make music go buy that shit spend some money in the community that makes all this shit possible tyrone take us home you said it buddy that oh shit wait no hold up oh. also go stream bento i got a new project coming out at some point go stream that shit too and now tyrone please take us home <laughs> and thank you all ladies and gentlemen that is gonna do it for this episode once again i want to thank jamila for coming through being so open and just having a good time with us and i want to thank joe for doing what you do on the ones and twos and of course i want to thank all of you people for listening uh Tune in next time where I'm going to have somebody sitting in Jamila's seat and we are going to be mixing it up. One more while we still have the while we still got the cameras rolling. One more. <laughs> thank you. OK. The song you're listening to right now. Jelani Imani. Thank you for oh. bringing this. Yeah. Bringing this to the show. Our end jingle. For, he can't hear anything that we're listening to right now for three straight seasons. All right. This is produced by Jelani. He's in the studio today. So thank you to him as well. Shout out to us. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next time where we're going to be mixing up and have a good one.